Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I used to always get really obsessed about the new iPhone coming out. I used to sit there, we'd be doing the radio show, and I would sit while the records were on watching Steve Jobs or whoever it was unveiling what the latest features were. And in those days, every new iPhone looked a bit different and seemed like it was a leap forward. And these days, it just seems like they changed the camera a little bit. Mm, yes. Do you want, here is my idea for one feature they could add to an iPhone or any phone and make it the best selling phone of all time say it the ability to use it with slightly wet fingers oh <laughs> it's, it's e- even, even slightly damp fingers yeah I yeah, know. yeah i know why well, yeah that's but it, they should definitely include that yeah stop titting around with the camera yeah <laughs> we'd, make we'd, it, the, the camera's good enough now guys yeah <laughs> it's good make enough. it less sensitive to finger moisture yeah i totally agree good have I ever t- told you, um, I had this realisation the other day that there is a thing I think about myself. It's, this is kind of on the topic of what I was just saying, but I've, I'd never said it out loud to anyone. And then I said it out loud to Sarah and she laughed at me. And, and so I thought maybe it was worth mentioning on the podcast. Okay. So I believe in my heart that I dry off quicker than other people after a bath. <laughs> Okay, we need to know a lot more about this. And okay. To to the point where I don't just think of it as a fact about myself. I think about it as as a way in which I'm superior to other people like it's some kind of power I have, a talent that I should be in some way proud of. Okay, I've got a series of questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. First of all, how quickly do you dry off after a bath? I've never timed it, right. but often it's the case where I'm out of the bath or I've got out of the swimming bath or, or whatever it is, and I've thought to myself, God, I dry off quickly. Okay, so my next question is, why do you think it's quicker than everyone else? Like, What kind of proof have we got just, here? Just, just, this is just a hunch. It's just a hunch <laughs> that I have. And are you... are you saying that you get out of the bath and you don't, you, you don't need to use a towel? That's how quick drying you are. I tend to use a towel, but I do think that compared to other people, 
you know, if if there was no towel there, mm, it mm. wouldn't be the end of the world because I dry off so quickly. Very interesting. Maybe you've got this super absorbent skin. I'm this trying to think of think. reasons why. No, I don't know. It's just, just I think it's a, a gift. <laughs> you know, they say everybody's got a gift. Yeah, that's yours. I think, think that's mine. How, How can you monetize it? it? Well, this is always the problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, sell, sell some skin cells. Yes. I don't know. Um, how was your dad's birthday? Oh, it was wonderful. Yes. We had a, a Zoom party. Ain't no party like a Zoom party. Exactly. Banners, balloons, cake, fizz. Um, we played a game of Mr. and Mrs. Where, oh. yeah, my mum had to answer questions about my dad. That was that was fun. How did she do? Uh, terribly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we asked what the question was. What, one of the questions was, what do you think is dad's favourite thing about you? And she said, I look after him. And dad, like, he just froze for about five minutes, like, trying to think of something. It was quite painful to, to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and his but face how, was all scrunched up. How long have they been up. together? How long uh, have ne- they been Nearly together? 50 years. There you go. I'm sure at that point, you know, I know there was something and it's probably still in there somewhere buried beneath all the years (laughs) of resentment. After five minutes, he said, he said that I think it's that we like the same TV programs. There you go. It's a good answer. I think it's a a good answer. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's something while we're on the subject of marriage. And this this Mm. is going to be I'm just going to warn you now. This is going to be slightly uncomfortable. Because I'm going to address adult themes. Okay. And, you know, I I think it's worth it for where this is going. Okay. Um, However, is is Tom talking to himself loudly in the background? No, he's doing the the lullabies, Rudy's songs before bed. So I can hear him this end. I don't know if it's picking up on your microphone or not. Can you you hear him that end? Uh, Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah, I I was hoping that no one else could. Right, right, right. I'm just... Like slightly worried that I'm going to start talking about uh, themes of a sexual nature. Oh, um, to the background of lullabies. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, he's going to stop soon. Well, shall I? Shall I plow on anyway and see? Yeah, how yeah. It he goes? stopped. I think he stopped. I think he stopped. Okay, so t- talking about the secret to a, a successful marriage. Mm, okay, that that's the area we're in. Mm. My wife is a believer that physical intimacy is a task you have to keep on top of. Right, okay. Like de-limescaling the kettle or bleeding the radiators or whatever. She she thinks it's something that should be attended to mm-hmm. at least weekly. Right. And it should not just only be attended to, but it should be scheduled so that, it you know, you, you don't let it slip. Okay, just want to be clear here nobody is taking any pleasure in this it's 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 a job that has to be done and and she you know makes makes sure that that job is done okay she has used the word sex appointment before now right okay now the 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 last time um we had one of these it went poorly because you're not going to like me using this word mm. but as part of the foreplay Right. I'm going to tell you something that I did. Okay. I mentioned that she keeps leaving a half full glass of water on the floor next to the bed. 
and maybe she'd be better off putting it on the bedside table because it's really easy to Mm. kick over a a glass of water and why that's what a bedside table is there for yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. you can tread on it exactly and she she felt that it wasn't the moment to bring it up (laughs) (laughs) that was her argument was it right yeah but but my point was that that was the time it was right there in front of me you know i just wanted to address it and move move on to the matter in hand right right so so it kind kind of went poorly anyway so t- two pieces of information here you ready for this okay so uh, a few days ago as as happens uh, as the week goes on it was communicated to me some days ago that i would be expected to perform husbandly duties right on Wednesday evening, which is tonight when we're recording the podcast. <laughs> so you got advance warning, okay. Yeah. Now, we're recording the podcast the day after we'd intended to because I had some technical problems. So already I'm going to be more tired than I would usually be. I've also got to edit it and upload it. So I've got a lot on my plate. But, you know, I, I, I know that she's unhappy if I don't keep my keep up my end of the bargain. Right, okay. So that's piece of information number one. Here's piece of information number two, and this is this is where I'm going to introduce a quandary because I, I genuinely know, don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Today we had some bad news. Right. Her grandma has died. <gasps> no. Yeah, and it's very sad. But that being said, she was nearly 99. She's She's been quite unwell for the time being so we've kind of lived in this state for a little while where we we speak to her mum on pretty much a daily basis to to find out if grand grandma is still with us so we you know we, we've done a lot of the pre-grieving um and it's it's not like i'm living with a sicilian widow who's just sort of sitting downstairs in black wailing um she absorbed the news when she heard it this morning and she's going about a day and doing doing what she usually does okay but still you know that's her grandma who's she's been close to her whole life has has died today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so here's my question yeah do i still try and initiate (laughs) the sex appointment right this evening Mm mm-hmm or not. And I feel that it's going to be difficult to talk about it because as soon as I say, listen, I know your grand's died, that's instantly a bit of a, a mood killer. Mm-mm-mm. So I, d- I don't know what to do. I'm going to recommend to you further technical difficulties that keep you up editing very, very late. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my recommendation. That's, that's very good advice. Okay. <laughs> Annabelle. Yes. How is the trickle of people, despite the fact that it's locked down still, telling us about their social ineptitude? Still got a gentle trickle. Great. Do you know who we need to step up at this time? Who? Swedes. 
Swedes. Because there's no lockdown in Sweden, oh, is yeah. there? So they're still having awkward social interactions. Yes, yes. And the Swedes are very good at awkward social interactions. <laughs> yeah. So really, if you're a Swedish person, I know it's not in your nature to email into a podcast, but, but now could be your time to shine and do your duty as a, as a drifter by telling us, you know, what's going on because the rest of us are staying indoors as much as possible. Yeah, it's your duty, really. It is, it is. Uh, and, you know... They're very good with a sense of duty, the Swedes. Mm, mm. Um, so, so please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one is from Lee. Bit of background to Lee. He's a yes. recent, disco- we, uh, he's discovered us recently, is what I was trying to say. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's re- recent, he says. That's incredible to me. How? How is he finding it? How is anyone he, finding he, this? He didn't explain how, um, but he's in lockdown, obviously, and he's been listening to an episode or two a day. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Liz. Good yeah. to good to know we got a new listener. Yeah, uh, and he writes. I thought I would email you re an awkward situation I found myself in a while ago that still very much haunts me. It didn't help that after the deed was done, I was trapped and couldn't leave. I was on an aeroplane on my own and had three seats to myself. This flight also included a free meal. I am a veggie and in the oldie days you could request the meal when you checked in at the airport but now this has to be done 24 hours in advance and as a result I never remember to book one. Mm. I am then then faced with having to ask the cabin crew if they have a spare veggie meal. I was so hungry once that I lied and insisted I had ordered one and miraculously this worked until I was informed, mid-consumption, this was actually the pilot's meal, leaving me mortified I'd stolen what has to be the most important person Uh. on board's food. (laughs) On this particular flight, the steward looked highly irritated I was asking for an unbooked veggie meal and said he would wait until the end of serving everyone to see if there was a spare. I was pleased to learn 15 minutes later there was, and I woofed back the meal, which was pasta in a tomato sauce. He cruised past a little later and said, seeing my empty plastic plate thing, semi-jokingly, I actually have another veggie meal if you're hungry. And I said, hm, yes, please. This must have slipped his mind as it took an age to appear. And when it did, the first meal had hit my stomach and it was a different veggie option, some sort of ratatouille concoction, which I didn't like and I couldn't eat. Rather than be a functioning human and leave it, realising the steward wouldn't care if I'd eaten it or not, I opted for spooning it into the provided sick bag and planned to saunter to the loo and dispose of the evidence with a powerful whoosh of the plane's flush. (laughs) Mid-aisle saunter, the steward came walking towards me and quipped, you're not looking for thirds, are you? Which was loud enough to alert the other passengers in earshot. And it was at this moment I dropped the sick bag. Oh no. Causing a splatter ratatouille to hit the aisle's carpet. No. To add to this mortifying situation, I immediately and very loudly announced, it's not sick, as if me <laughs> dropping food in a sick bag was totally legitimate and would soothe all's concerns. The steward quietly hissed, just leave it. And I returned to my seat and pretended to be asleep for the rest of the journey. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I don't know if it's so good because I find it so relatable Yeah, in every way. Let me tell you something. I have had cabin crew be slightly shirty about me asking for uh, a veggie meal before now which i don't understand let me let me explain why so they always have a certain number of veggie meals and whether you get one or not 
is entirely arbitrary depending on where you're sitting. Why should somebody who maybe isn't even vegetarian but just thinks, oh, I don't fancy that chicken, I'll have a veggie meal, yeah. get the get the option just because they were lucky enough to get a, a seat closer to where the trolley starts being pushed? It's nonsensical to me. I totally agree with you. Also, I'll tell you something else. I, I will often play fast and loose, even though I remember because I'm, I'm quite uh, anal about checking in for flights and things and getting a good seat, but I will quite often not request a veggie Gmail because the ones you request are often not as good as the ones that they just have on the trolley. Oh, like, yeah, right? because they, yeah, because they take it too seriously. That you know they confuse veggie and vegan and stuff, and you end up with a dessert that tastes like it's made out of sawdust. Oh, they always assume that you're healthy because you're vegetarian, yes, and yes, everyone else has like a nice I mean. chocolate pudding yeah, yeah, which you yeah, could yeah, eat. Yeah, 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 it's that. Um, but also that got me thinking. You know our special "Ask the Secret Waiter" episode. Yeah. We should really do secret cabin crew at oh, some stage. Oh, can you imagine how good that would be? I'd love to do yeah. that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Okay, let's move on to Anon. For some reason, my boyfriend's parents greet me with the double cheek kisses every time we see each other. I, of course, would like to see this band entirely. But before that utopia arrives, we should all accept a usage of the cheek kiss as a greeting for people you meet in slightly pretentious or formal contexts, like meeting acquaintances at a fancy restaurant. Certainly not family. We've been together almost four years, so it's no longer, in my mind, an acceptable greeting and a hug would be far preferable. In the approach to seeing them, I always dreaded that first moment of approach, but resigned myself to the process until last November. We had all come to a hotel to celebrate a family occasion and on the first night my boyfriend and I came down for dinner to see them for the first time. As usual I braced myself for two double cheek kisses in a row, envious that my boyfriend just gets a handshake from his dad. Are my womanly hands too dainty for that? But then the unthinkable happened. Worst case scenario, as I leaned in with my lips pouting and ready, his dad leaned the same way. Our lips uh, met. Oh. Automatically, they made that small smacking motion you usually make for a cheek kiss, except <laughs> this time it was a real lip-to-lip kiss in the middle of a hotel lobby. I went into an internal panic. It felt like the world had collapsed around me. Oops, sorry, was mumbled, and we both turned towards the family, but nobody had noticed. <laughs> that whole dinner was torture. I wished I could dissolve into the ground, and I felt like I would explode if I didn't tell anyone what had just happened. I needed to at least tell my boyfriend so I could screech in agony in private. It was a heavy burden for three long hours. Only his dad and I knew that we had kissed like it was our little (laughs) secret. I obviously haven't kissed anyone on the lips other than my boyfriend for years. And I imagine his dad has not kissed anyone other than his wife for at least the 30 years they've been married. I was likely to be his first and probably only (laughs) extramarital kiss. He might have to carry this to his grave. (laughs) When I did tell my boyfriend torturous hours later, he found it hilarious. Every time we've seen them since that day, I stand <laughs> I stand completely rigid as his dad comes in to kiss my cheek, not tilting my head at all. I might as well be sucking my lips behind my teeth. Surely this is reason enough for a full ban effective immediately. I am hoping that... Um sort of a, a side effect of social distancing will be like a reset on physical contact <gasps> yes because we won't be able to do it for a long time so no. we might as well just stop now 
Yeah, and I just wonder if people would just think, ah, do you know what? I don't miss it that much. We can do it's without fine. it. It was kind of I awkward. Can live without it. Yeah, there was, there was yeah. lots of embarrassing kissing of earlobes. That let, let's just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm hoping for. Okay, let's all hope and pray. Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yeah. Another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. The lockdown weeks slash months slash years. Are we still in lockdown? Like I'm, I'm genuinely losing track now. I think we are, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, of sorts, aren't <laughs> of we? Sorts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a story about me going for a walk or going to the supermarket? I think it's going to be going for a walk this week. Oh, I'm sorry. It's supermarket. Oh, again. Sorry. <laughs> again. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I missed, I guessed it wrong oh, again. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I downloaded this new app that you can get on your phone. I don't know if you've got it, but it means you can scan your shopping as you go along and bag it up in your trolley as you go along. And then you just scan your phone at the till and pay and leave. Have you done this before? No, I've heard about it, though. It sounds great. It's amazing. I sold three bottles of wine and four of those little tubs of quinoa flour. I'm joking. I'm joking. And it's still anything. (laughs) But my supermarket does only ever have those little tubs of quinoa flour left, like instead of actual flour. They're tiny. They can only be useful if you're making cakes for ants, surely. I think probably about three people know what I'm talking about there. Sorry. Anyway, I was pretty thrilled. I think about... you really do sound like one of the metropolitan elite there. But that's but no one buys it because it, I'm not one of the metropolitan elite because it's a supermarket where people don't buy things like quinoa flour. That's why it's the only thing left on the shelves. Right, right, right. All like the big the big bits of normal flour have gone. Okay, you've saved, you've redeemed yourself. Thank you. I try quite hard to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was pretty thrilled about this app because I feel like I'm helping out a bit at the supermarket because I'm spending less time at the till, which is good. And the checkout yeah. person doesn't have to touch all of my food, which is good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm helping out as I don't have to get stressed out bagging my food at the till and trying to keep up with the checkout person who scans it all too fast. So it's great for everyone. But most of all, I like feeling superior to everyone else and not using the app. Like I'm some kind of maverick genius using dark technology that no one else knows about. That's what I like the best about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself as I go straight to the, I do my big shop. I go straight to the self-service checkouts that have a shorter queue than everywhere else because most people are doing a big shop. And I've got this big full trolley, but all I need to do is scan the code on my app. So I get my phone out, I hold it up to scan the app, and my battery dies. Oh no, Annabelle, <laughs> this is awful. I, 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 I got there about three seconds ahead of <laughs> right, you, but it's right. still awful. And it's it's an old phone, and sometimes unpredictably it dies at forty percent. Like it was seventy percent when I went in, so I thought it was going to be okay, but it just died. I'm not giving up though. I tell the lady Manning or womaning, not sure which, the checkouts what's happening, and that I'm going to go quickly and charge my phone in my car. So I've got a charger in there. So she gets me to leave my trolley by customer services. I run back to the car. I charge my phone for a few minutes, which brings it back up to 40%. Then I run back to the supermarket knowing I do not have long before it dies again. And I have incredible luck. There are no queues to get back in. I run in. I get my trolley. I go to the self-service checkouts. More incredible luck. There are no queues. So I go straight to the till, open the app, hold it up to scan. 
and it dies again. Oh no, this is awful. This is terrible. The exact same moment. Like I've been both times standing underneath some power leeching ray. (laughs) And I'm so exasperated that I just stand very still and I breathe deeply. Then I have to go and tell the woman, womaning the tills, that it's happened again. Which feels like, in terms of humiliation, not far off admitting that I'd forgotten what money is and didn't know what to do next. (laughs) To her credit, she doesn't give me a withering look. Instead, she says, if there wasn't a two metre rule, I'd hug you. Although maybe, I know, I know, but maybe she could tell from my general vibe that that would be worse for me than a withering look. (laughs) So once again... I leave my trolley with customer services while refusing to make eye contact with anyone there. And I go back to my car, charge my phone, go back in, no queues anywhere, hold up my phone and it scans and I pay and I go home. But come on, when is somebody going to make a film about this? Like they might want to work on the ending a bit, but that is going to be a great film, isn't it? Or a Netflix documentary, maybe that. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm surprised that you went back to your car the third time and didn't just get the person at the counter to scan it all. Oh, just that would have been admitting defeat, wouldn't it? Wasn't giving up. No way. Wasn't giving up. Well, you know, have have a socially distanced hug from me as well. Thanks. That is so much better than hugging, just saying that. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna say that to everybody in future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, let's just rattle through a few things here. Oh, here's here's a thing. Um, a friend of mine, I mentioned last week, my friend Susie has been doing a lot of volunteering at hospital and I thought I'd do something nice for her. I remember when she came round here prior to lockdown last, she had washed her hands uh, in our loo and commented on how nice our hand soap was. Mm. So I ordered her some oh, nice. to be delivered. That's the nice um, thing to do. I, I thought so. I mean, what, what the listeners are getting is just a, a tiny, the tiniest of insights into what a great, generous guy I am. Great guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so I order this stuff. It has to be sent from Sweden. It's Swedish. And then she she doesn't thank me for it. I can see because it's on my email that it's been dispatched. Mm. And then I don't get a thank you message from her. So I start feeling quite aggrieved. So the next time I'm on the phone to her, I say, love, let me ask you a question. Have you you had anything from me through the post? And she says, oh, no, I got one of those cards through, but I haven't been to the the Um, post office yet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. And then, you know, as I mentioned on last week's podcast i went for a socially distance walk with her last week and I, I again i brought it up and said oh did you get a chance to pick that thing up she went no i went to the place but it was closed you can only pick it up between certain hours so i was like oh, okay and then a few days later she sent me a screenshot she'd gone back to pick up the parcel 
and they'd got a sign in the window saying, sorry, we're temporarily closed. We'll be open again later this afternoon. So in other words, she hasn't picked it up yet. But something I am picking up from her at the same time is that I've caused her a palaver. (laughs) Because she's had to go three times. Yeah, Yeah, I think she is sort of now aggrieved that she's um that she's having to to make these trips to the post office she doesn't know what it is mm. but she probably doesn't think it's worth it right. and i'm just wondering who is in the right and who's in the wrong whether it's me for feeling needy and her really wanting to to pick up this present or if if she thinks look i've got a lot going on i'm trying to help out with the covid situation and volunteer in the hospital do i really need to be going back and forth to this post office I, don't know it's a difficult one isn't it i think it's clear to me who is in the wrong her neighbors like it's lockdown why were there no neighbors in to take in her parcel i'll tell you why if you want the real answer oh okay go on she lives in such a nice neighborhood that all i mean it's it's coming like a ghost town everybody who lives there apart from her has gone to their second home in the cotswolds you're joking no no wow because i was thinking today in fact i was thinking I think the best thing about lockdown is I haven't had to take in a single parcel like because everyone's at home. <laughs> I usually take in like two a day. Honestly, it's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good for that, isn't it? Um, okay, so there's there's one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, I also wanted to mention, you know, I've been spending a lot of time in a graveyard. Oh, yes, with your son, yeah. Yeah, so our for our state-mandated exercise, especially when we were only allowed out once a day for, you know, the, I don't know if it's said an hour, but we always felt we shouldn't go out for any longer than an hour and we didn't want to be around too many people, so we'd always go to this graveyard. Anyway, it's kind of stuck. He likes it there. He calls it the forest. There's a war memorial that he plays on. He calls the Elf Castle, <laughs> um, which I can't work out whether that's, that's disrespectful or not. But th- there's there's another thing he really likes going and sitting on this one particular grave okay and is it a very old grave this is the problem Ah. this graveyard you'd you'd be hard pushed to go in there and find the grave of anybody who died after 1960 okay and and a lot of the people if not most died pre-world war one or or in whole other centuries i think it's like a couple of hundred years old or, or whatever and there's a lot of old old graves and yet he's managed to find the one grave that i've seen where the person died in 2015 oh no that's a bit too recent i think there is yes. a cutoff point isn't there well this this is my question what is the cutoff point and what's weird for me is that like when i have a grave i want little boys and girls to come and sit on me like i love the thought of that but if one of my relatives if i saw a kid sitting on their grave i might think a bit like oh i'm not sure about that <laughs> i wouldn't but i understand that people would yeah, yeah. so i think the cutoff point is mm, is there any moss i think it needs as long as as soon as moss starts growing, it's fair game. It doesn't look well tended to. Ah, uh, okay. But, you know, that that being said, I don't think there's any if moss on that. Definitely, if there's, if there's fresh flowers, it's a big no-no. <laughs> that's, that's I, I, was, I was thinking like maybe 19, anything pre-1960 was the cut-off point. Oh, if you're generous, I would have gone later. Okay. But anyway, okay, mm. all right, so that's that. Uh, good. Um, now, the next thing to mention is, you know our friend Gavin Osborne, who did such a great live performance at the uh, Adrift, the one and only Adrift mm. live show in Head and Bridge. Yes. He is just brilliant. Mm. Um, he's released a charity song. Um, I say that, I mean, he's, it's one of his songs. It's a great song. It's called Born in the NHS. 
and he's released it. You can go on Bandcamp and pay a pound. You can pay more than a pound if you want to. And um and and it's it's a really good song, but you will also raise money. Um Gavin lives in well, he lives in the West Country and uh it's for a charity, I think, based out of Bristol, let me just check that. Yeah, they're called Above and Beyond. And they provide money for patient care and they invest in hospitals. They go above and beyond what the NHS can provide. So it's a really good cause. And it's a great song. And I know we're all going out still and clapping on a Thursday night for our carers and the NHS. And we're all justifiably proud of the NHS in in this country. And I can't remember whose quote it is, but some politician said it's the closest we get to a a religion in, in... modern britain um was it a politician or a columnist anyway let's not get bogged down in who said that but gavin's written this this brilliant song born in the nhs which is a great one of his and he's done a version of it that you can buy and it raises money and i'd really love it if people did that because he's so talented and it's such a good cause and you'll like it uh and you know it's it's a good way of feeling connected i guess mm. to the to the people caring for us so i wanted to mention that if you follow me on twitter i tweeted about it a couple of days ago but if you just google gavin's name gavin osborne there's not an e on the end uh i'm born in the nhs it'll come up pretty quickly so there's there's that that i wanted to mention i also wanted to thank you for something you alerted me to me what did i do you alerted me to a show on cbb's oh yes it's Nick Cope's Popcast, and you'd go, and, and it's just a lovely children's show where a, a slightly avuncular, grey-haired man comes into a, he, he walks into his beautiful caravan uh, where his dog Norman is lying on the floor, and he, he has picked up a ukulele and has a little chat, and then a call, a child calls him on a. A, a video screen and they have a little chat about what song he's going to make up that day and then there's a beautiful animation uh, children's song and the, you you told me about one about a little lizard standing on a rock and it's such because, a this is why i like it it's a properly good song like i really yeah, like that song but they, they all are yeah and yeah they are uh, there's you know there's there's ones about uh, a baby a baby brother doing a poo there are dinosaur ones about dinosaurs robots just great things that kids love but that you know then what it's not is children's music that you as an adult are tearing your hair out listening to they're really good pop songs mm. and the reason they're so good is if you're a fan of jangly indie guitar pop from the early 90s you may remember the candy skins and he mm. he was the he was the main guy in the candy skins wasn't he with his with his brother i was very excited to find that out yeah because she used to go and see them in in oxford in oxford yeah i like the candy skins yeah so i wanted to thank you for for telling me about that and yeah, one thing I love is I don't know how old he is. He doesn't look that much older than we are, but I know he's got a uh, 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 a grandkid who you see in the show. Um, but what I love is because I've got a small child, I watch a lot of children's TV, and most of the hosts look like they could be big brothers and sisters of the kids watching. Mm, mm. Whereas when we were growing up, I feel there were loads of people on TV like Tony Hart and Johnny Ball who looked like uncles or or sometimes even granddads. And um, I, I really liked seeing somebody a, a bit older and a bit avuncular. Yeah, it's really television. unusual now, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And, you know, 
I know there were some bad apples. Let's not talk about that. But let's let's not get bogged down in that. No. I just think it's great to see this. So if you do have a little kid, then I'd really like to recommend Nick Cope's pod podcast. It's hard to say though, isn't it? I have to really concentrate. Say podcast. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. Um and then the other thing, and I can't think for the life of me if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you watched a film I love the other week and then texted me about it. And I was so excited to hear that you liked it. I watched it again and it's so brilliant. And I thought we could mention that for people who are after something to watch. So good. Eighth grade. Yeah. It's so, Um, so good. I loved it. And I I don't think you have mentioned it before. uh, I saw it on a plane and I loved it so much that I came back and watched it straight again on the telly because I wanted to see it on a big screen. And then I got Sarah to watch it again not long after that. So I'd seen it about three times. It captures so well the sort of painfulness of being a teenager, just so beautifully well. Yeah, especially if you're the sort of teenager who grew up to be a drifter. Yes, definitely, yeah. Because, I mean, it's interesting. What I don't want to give too much away about the film, but it's interesting watching a film like that where the cool kids are portrayed a certain way and, and to the extent that they're a bit mean. And I wonder if anybody watches, if you're not a drifter-type personality, if you're more alpha, if you watch a film like that and you relate to the mean kid more than you do to the protagonist. But I think everyone at some stage of being a teenager feels awkward and I think everyone can feel some of the things that she feels. I'm sure of it. I, don't I think, loved I don't, it. No teenager is confident all the time. No way. No, it's, it's, it's a coming-of-age film and I love coming of age films but i really think it's one of the best ones i've ever seen even even though it's relatively new and because it captures it so well and it's yeah. so beautifully made it's written and directed by an american comedian who i think it even now is you know not much more than 30s called bo burnham and i just think he's a genius that film feels like nothing else Mm-mm. it's so beautiful and it's so as you say relatable for to, to any of us but at the same time I think it does a really incredible job of portraying what it is to be a teenager now with the with the technology and, and the digital life yeah. that teenagers have it's yeah. just wonderful and um, I see a lot of myself that there is a, a young boy I don't want to ruin too much but there's a young boy who has a pretty small part in it but I see a lot of myself in that boy (laughs) especially in the scene towards towards the end of the film that's a lovely scene yeah I I just feel like I was I was kind of watching myself at that age but anyway it's it's just wonderful and if you haven't seen it I think it did well and a lot of people will have seen it but I just wanted to recommend it because you you reminded me of it and I loved watching it again so much called Eighth Grade. Quandary Corner then. Uh, Who's the first quandary from? Well, it's from Dan and it's on the discussion on the subject of gift giving, which is relevant to something you mentioned before. So this will be interesting. Mm. He says, Jeff, you're not shy about the effort you put into gifts. And though she's far too modest to admit it, you've indicated Annabelle is also a great gift giver. Oh, Annabelle's Average. better than I am. You, you're the, you, you no. are the best gift, gift, gift giver I, I know. You are Better. so no. thoughtful. You're too you are. You're too no, kind. you are. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Apart from that time you bought me a pencil sharpener. Well, that was the best one ever. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> gift. That was the best one. It captured the shavings. You didn't need to stand by a bin. Yeah, it was a bit I, annoying I, the label wouldn't come off and it was really sticky but that was a bit <laughs> annoying <laughs> 
This is why I think the two of you could provide the definitive resolution to the problem of the gift-giving arms race. Here's an example. While on a recent but currently infrequent outing, I decided to treat myself to a coffee. We can do drive through here. And I thought about a friend of mine who would certainly enjoy a treat as well. So I shot a text, received an enthusiastic reply and dropped the coffee on the doorstep. Cut to a couple of days later when said friend is heading out for essentials and asks if I'm running low on beverages. Am I ever? So emergency beverage supply delivered. I have expressed my sincere appreciation and gratitude. My question is this. Are we done or am I now expected to up the ante? I know this friend expects nothing more, but does karma? Should I have refused the gesture? More was spent on the essentials than the coffee. Should I have insisted on paying for it? In general, I hate giving and receiving gifts for exactly this reason. When I purchase purchase gifts, it's the spur of the moment or because I think of something that someone else will really appreciate it. I don't do it because it's a birthday or holiday and I certainly don't want someone to get me something out of obligation or a need to reciprocate. Why can't the answer to what would you like for, insert occasion here, be nothing? When I give a gift, how can I convey that nothing is expected in return and be convincing? When I receive a gift, should I do so while politely indicating there will be nothing given in return? This doesn't even start to touch on whether one needs to match the value, creativity, handmaids versus store-bought issues. Do I just accept that gift giving and receiving is a vicious cycle that I'm doomed forever to repeat? Or should I take this lockdown as an opportunity to sever all tie to the outside world to avoid ever giving or receiving a gift again? I mean, just the the outside world on the outside world thing. I, 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 one thing I've come, I keep seeing people on social media saying, oh, I just really can't wait to be back with my friends and have a drink with my friends. And whereas I, I think. Now, whatever attachment I had to the outside world has really faded during this lockdown. We quickly adjust, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is touching my face a lot. But apart from that, <laughs> I think I'm going to stay in, in lockdown mode. <laughs> you know me, I like voguing. <laughs> You're always voguing. Yeah. You've had to really curtail that, yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't like people feeling they have to reciprocate a gift that 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 sort of ruined like i never give to get so for and example in the situation with your friend are you expecting something in return no you're not no you? no i'd be horrified to think i mean she is a generous extremely generous gift giver as as it happens but no i i not at all and as you know like i i i like to at christmas leave gift giving till as late as possible so then that people don't feel pressured into uh, reciprocating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also because then I want them to feel bad that I thought of getting them a gift <laughs> and they didn't think of getting me one. So a double whammy. But I think in the I, you know, if I'm given a gift, I want it, I want it to be, you know, a way in which I'm showing a love or a kindness or a generosity or whatever. And uh I, I want it to. I want people to think what a what a great guy. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be having to think those things. I, 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 I don't want a tit for tat situation. I want to be elevated. You want to be. On I don't want to be. I don't want to be even. I want to be elevated. So in your world, then mm. you give the gift. You expect nothing in return. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know a, a 
show your gratitude, you know, a, a verbal or a written uh, a display of gratitude is the way to go. But I don't think you need to, to get another gift. What about if you get someone a birthday present every year, but they never get you one in return? What are your thoughts? Well, I kind of think it's fine, but to put, you know, as long as you're, it's just down to your attitude towards giving, isn't it? Like, mm. why why are you giving it? And if you're giving it for those reasons that I outlined there, mm. um, then then I think it's fine. And then if, for whatever reason, you built up a resentment that they weren't getting you a present, then you wouldn't give any, anyway, right? Okay. And in this situation... Sorry, I feel like I got very serious there. No, but... it's interesting. And in the situation yeah. with the coffee, I feel like they're quits now. Like, he bought the coffee, they got them something in return... I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think. I think you can just leave it now, yeah. unless unless in the future you th- it pops into your mind again. But then it does yeah. become this stressful kind of yeah tip for yeah. tat thing. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like gift giving as an obligation. Mm. I like it as an expression. Okay. Have we have we solved this? I think so. So okay. if I'd have been in that situation, I would have sent a very sort of effusive text message later that day saying you you were so kind with those essentials uh all i did was get you a coffee and you're so generous and then you know send a photo of yourself eating something that they bought for you whatever it is mm-hmm. like just really go overboard with the gratitude but then then the, i think the 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 gratitude is re- reciprocation in itself in a certain way I'm remembering now that while I was in quarantine, neighbours either side, I got a bunch of bananas and some oat milk. And I didn't, like, a th- we said thank you, but I haven't reciprocated it. And is that okay? I think that's okay, yeah, think isn't it? Fine. I think it's fine. It's fine. I shouldn't be, so, like, just leaving bananas on their doorstep as a sort of a very late thank you, should I? No, it's fine. No, yeah, it's fine. No. Just check it. Just like, check so, so when some, just as an example of this, some uh, of the other parents from my son's nursery before lockdown got really ill and had to with the with the vid and had to self isolate sorry what did you call it the vid the vid Love or it. rona the <laughs> rona right um and had to self-isolate and sarah had sent a text saying is there anything you need mm. and they'd sent a, a message back asking for some dishwasher tablets and a few you know bits and bobs of store cupboard foods and I went and got those but I also you know got a nice bottle of wine and uh, these weren't even people I knew particularly well and and you know some magazines and some other bits and bobs but not for a second would I have expected them to you know get something back I just wanted to show what a great person I am (laughs) by doing that you know if they do it back then they're just as great as I am and that's not that's no fun I want to feel superior. Oh, that, I love this. Okay. I, yeah. I, I feel we've very much answered the question with that. Yeah. That sums it yeah. up beautifully. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move on to Rachel, who says, yeah. I've got an urgent situation. Last night when going through my messages, I accidentally called my uncle. Luckily, I immediately realized my mistake and hung up after a couple of rings and he didn't pick up. Crisis averted. But to my horror, he WhatsApped me today saying he was sorry for missing my call and asked when it was a good time to give me a call back. I'm not particularly close to my uncle as he lives abroad, so I only see him every couple of years. But when I do see him, we get on well. And at the start of the whole coronavirus situation, he rang me to check I was okay. Having said that, I clearly don't want to speak to him on the phone because phone calls are terrible. Mm. So my question is this, how do you tell someone that you don't really want to speak to them and you'd only pocket dialed them whilst also conveying that you are grateful that they care and you hope they're okay. 
He's family, so I can't just ignore this message forever. I mean, we're talking a very, very well-worded message, aren't we? To have to avoid this phone call. I think so, yeah. Can we help with the wording here at all? I mean, it's got to be something along the lines of, oh, so good to hear from you. Um, I accidentally called you, but, uh, oh gosh, I'm no good at this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, you're not good at this. What you, you, what you do is you you invent a question that you were going to ask him that you have oh, yes, found yes, yes. the answer out to some other way. Perfect. So the call is no longer necessary. Yeah. Oh, I was just perfect. calling to find out when Granny's birthday was, but, um, yep. you know, it's, it's some, something like that. Jeff, you're too good at this. It says to me that this has happened to you many times before. <laughs> just uh, avoiding speaking to some, yes. people, some people is some, something I'm, I'm really very good at. Okay, brilliant. Well, I think that's a perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. If you have a social situation and you need to know uh, what the what the rules are, if you're struggling a little bit with the rules, we can tell you. Uh, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. our podcast thank you very much for listening we do appreciate you sticking with us through these weird old times strange days indeed most peculiar mama um thanks to man in the echo for the backing music to emily harrison for the incidental music kim rainey designed our artwork carla gowlett took the photos and uh, i just want to finish this week by making it very clear it's not sick <laughs> Podication time. This comes from Matt, who says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. I'd like to request a podication for my wife, Yvonne, as close to the 27th of May as possible, as this will be our 20th wedding anniversary. Uh, We booked a holiday to Disney in Orlando to celebrate. It's due to take place in late October, early November this year. But given current circumstances, we're not confident we'll be going. Oh, fingers crossed for you. Weird, weird, though. I mean, who knows what the back end of the year will look like. Um, I have to be honest and say that at times it looked unlikely we'd make 20 years of marriage. We've had some tough times, counselling, therapy, arguments, etc. But here we are, still together, still able to laugh with and at each other, still enjoying each other's company. And I couldn't imagine what life would be like without her. I think that the counselling and therapy speaks speaks very well. <laughs> It's just, no, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I, I just think it's hard being married to somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not hard for me, but I mean, I, I, from what I understand, it's very hard for my wife, <laughs> uh, she, as she tells me. Um, we've spent the last six weeks together in lockdown, and it's amazing how much we benefited from the time together with all the stresses that we usually bring home from our work put aside. We've had time to do things we don't usually have time for, and I believe it's lifted some mental weight from our shoulders. That's interesting, isn't it? The different experiences people have of that. Um, However horrible the coronavirus is, and I feel deeply for the thousands of people affected badly, we felt 
like we had to be positive and see our situation as an opportunity to change some things for the better, even if it was just on a personal level. I'm not brilliant at showing I love her, uh, so I thought this might go some way to swaying her opinion. She got the hump after I emailed you when you announced you were leaving Absolute Radio saying... (laughs) You you can put uh, oh she emailed sorry uh, she got the hump after saying you no sorry I'm I'm making a mess of this I don't want to cause any marital <laughs> strife here no don't so I'm going to read that sentence again it was written perfectly I just I read it badly she got the hump after I emailed you when you announced you were leaving Absolute Radio and she then said you can put the effort into emailing some radio bloke you don't know but you can't put in the effort with me. So I'm hoping that she's the reason I emailed you again. Might redeem me a little. I do think the world of her, she's influenced me for the better in so many ways, and I love her deeply. I hope there's still plenty more years to come. That's lovely. Yeah. I mean, I would have really got the hump if you hadn't have emailed me. <laughs> Tell me how sad you were that I was leaving Absolute Radio. and Instead, you were just... Yeah, whispering sweet nothings to your wife. Yeah, that would have been out of order. Quite needy for drifters' attention. He says, we're both quite driftery people. In fact, our daughter is too. Happy with our own company, shy in public, general, uh, generally keen to avoid confrontation and other people, although Yvonne hates people talking on the radio. So unfortunately, I don't think she'll ever be a convert to a drift. Wow. I mean, that, that sounds to me like she hates the radio. Yeah. Because music is, that's something you can listen to on Spotify or a CD. I've never heard of anyone who doesn't like radio before. No, no, that's quite strange, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, maybe she sees the radio like other people see something like Spotify or a CD, like something that is just there to give her music. Yeah, yeah. And the talking's annoying. And she thinks the talking is annoying. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. The most drifter-like experience we've had was a couple of years ago. Yvonne has been going to the same hairdresser for more than 20 years. Uh, They've been to concerts together. They swap Disney tips. They're pretty good mates, considering they only see each other seven or eight times a year. Only. Mm. Annabelle, only. Mm, I know. I, I don't think I see my best friend seven or eight times a year. No, I know. No, that's um, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you are the only person other than my wife that I see eight times. The people that I work with are the only people I see yeah. eight time, more than eight times a year, I think. Uh, Claire, the hairdresser, got a new tenant for the upstairs room at her shop. The previous tenants were a couple of tattooists who decided to leave to sell drugs from a camper van in Mexico. <laughs> That's good. They had a dream. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Claire decided to throw a party of sorts where her customers could mingle with the customers. The new beautician lady was bringing. Drinks could be drunk. A raffle would be run and cupcakes could be eaten. And we, we were among the guests invited. This is the sort of thing that we dread being put in a room full of strangers. But we felt we should do our duty for an hour or so. Smile a bit, say hello, eat a cupcake and then bugger off. The shop was pretty full when we got there, but there was room for us. We smiled and said hello to a few people and then stood awkwardly with drinks in our hands for about half an hour, mainly talking to each other. Eventually, I spotted that the covers had been taken off the cupcakes. One or two people had started to help themselves, so after a suitable amount of time to make it look like we weren't pigs who just turned up for food, I said to Yvonne, I'm going for cupcakes and writhed my way through the thronging crowd to the table where they were displayed. I still had a drink in one hand, so I had to pick up two cakes in one hand and turn to make my way back to Yvonne. 
Unfortunately, in my action of turning, I managed to smear some icing on the elbow of a suede jacket worn by an unsuspecting lady heading across the room. She carried on walking while I was paralysed on the spot thinking, I've just ruined that lady's suede jacket and wondering what I should do. Obviously, I invoked the port protocol before its time (laughs) and pretended like it never happened, making my way back to my wife. A true pioneer there, Matt. Uh, He says, I told the story to Yvonne. We both cringed and decided we should get out as quickly as possible. However, it was still too early to go. Yeah, I think 45 minutes is the the minimum at this type of uh, event. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree, yeah. Um, We ate our cake, smiled some more, and then a lady close by to us clocked my wife's R2-D2 bag and started up a conversation about Star Wars. It was none other than the suede jacket cupcake elbow lady. She impressed us with her Star Wars knowledge, explained she was a teacher who was a customer of the new tenant, and we spent the next 15 minutes getting on like a house on fire while inside my head I'm thinking, if you actually knew what I'd done, you would want to kill me. After a while, a toast was made to the new partnership, and as we raised our glasses, I wanted the ground to swallow me up when I could see the cupcake stain on the elbow of our new acquaintance. Shortly after that, we were able to make our excuses and leave, and to our great relief, we have never seen that woman again in subsequent visits to the same hairdresser. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Um, well, thank you for, for writing to me and... 2000 when did we announce we were leaving 2000 early 2017 then we left in april i think yeah um you know you you did the right thing there despite what yvonne tells you (laughs) um i mean maybe if yvonne hates talking so much coming out of a speaker which a podcast isn't that different to radio in that respect she Mm. won't have made it this far into the podication oh no way so you know i can say that but um i thought that was a lovely and realistic portrayal of what a long-term relationship looks like. And I'm not even 10 years into a relationship, let alone marriage at this point. So I think, you know, that's not an unusual way to feel. And actually, it's really common to feel everything you've said, but without the warmth as well. (laughs) So... You know, it's. Uh, I think there's, there's. You're doing well, the pair of you. That's lovely, and you work at it. You know, you, you, you put in the effort when things are a bit rough. So good for the both of you. Uh, now that was a little earnest and sincere. Maybe next time we can just talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I'd be far more comfortable with that. But uh, yeah, there we go. It's the latest edition of the podcast, podicated from Matt to Yvonne. He says, keep on drifting. And if you'd like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Right. Pressing stop. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.